Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Fastlane Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Michael Hamflet from What Culture. We are two-thirds of the Dadly Boys yeah. of What Culture here to review this weekend's Fastlane Premium Live event. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, on YouTube. <sighs> Launching tomorrow, oh, baby. Know, really exciting this. Live it? raw review. Are we doing it live? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, but they're all there on you. You said it now, so you probably have to. Really. But yeah, like, <laughs> probably have to, yeah. Every day. Like, God. Every single day on the actual shoot internet. Audio podcast, though, will not change. Don't worry about that. The timings might be slightly iffy in parts. Well, not even by much, no. we don't think. Like, yeah, audio feed won't yeah, change. Yeah, you yanks. It'll be like, oh, no, it's not 10 a.m. It's midday. It's coming out. You'll be fine. A live show. Go on your truck or drives or listen <laughs> to the bar going, oh, 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 man, I better get me some plane tickets because I understand them. <laughs> Deadly boys are doing a live show in Newcastle. That's right. Like, we can talk about this now, can't we? Yeah. It's out there. We're going to have more information on when... Um, Tomorrow? Stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's all very exciting. I'll, uh, I'll love me some podcast and listening to... These nuts. And a butthole. <laughs> Made I, another uh, return on uh, WrestleCulture last week. Did these nuts and the butthole? Little, did little, they? Little, I mean, the other two I had not, because it was me, you, and Phil who did this, by the way, on WrestleCulture from... Not the week just gone, the week before. Go and check it out. Yeah. The bloody good quiz is one of the greatest things we've ever created. We're kind of unconventional plugs section of our podcast. Indeed. Yeah, other podcast plug in and they've got like another show coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, live things, merchandise, whatever. These nuts in the butthole. It's <laughs> the, one of the dumbest all-time yeah. like riff sessions from two weeks ago that we're now just basically trying to canonize. But yeah, um, obviously it was me, you, and Phil. And yeah. on the on WrestleCulture, it was me, Nicholas, and Andy. They had no idea what was going <laughs> on. No, it's um, I feel like Deez Nuts and the Butthole, America's most controversial uh, shock jocks, <laughs> might very occasionally take Tony D Airways to come in and work Friday afternoons for WrestleCulture. Quite possibly. Like Stax has obviously like sort of figured out the flight path now because he's super efficient with his like preview and review appearances. Like. And I love that the video challenge is finally happening because at long last, there was still a few cynics out oh, there. You've seen this? Absolutely outrageous. You heard about this? Like, still some cynics out there that think, that, I don't know where they've got this from, that you two are the same person. <laughs> and I think when the trailer dropped, that was his realisation, right, put that nonsense to bed. Mm. And it's just, you know, who, who are we to doubt, Stacks, for being able to circumnavigate the globe <laughs> twice a week on a flight path that nobody else can use or is aware of or is commercially available, mm. faster than Concorde, which was RIP. I was going to say, is that what it is? He's just he's just put Concorde on the cheap, Tony D. brought Concorde back. 
that what is that what is that Tony D Airlines all along? Was it Concord? Maybe, oh, do you know what it is? It's probably not Tony D Airlines. Maybe mm. it's you know like it's Tony D Airlines, but they don't you know and some companies don't own the like they don't own the car for example, yes. or they don't own the plane or whatever. Yeah. Maybe it's Vancord. Tony, anyway, Tony D Easy Jet. Let's let's save all this greatness for uh, tomorrow. The maddest day in the what culture office ever. Uh, maybe other than Wednesday itself. Oh my god! Because I want like uh, nice try wrestling, but I don't sleep. Like we're we're, go, we're going. I'm not going to back down from the cheese that wall. I'm going to double down. I don't know how yet. <laughs> I need to work on the logistics. But. Anyway, uh, we do daily wrestling. Podcasts. We do. We sure do. We review Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Two Pack. Oh, we Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. The mega quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet to review Fastlane. <laughs> too long, Wilborn. It might not be a popular opinion. I f***ing love this show. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, we have spoken about this show a little bit over the desks this morning. Out of some definite shared enthusiasm, and I'm very excited to share my enthusiasm with you on elements of the show. I don't think this was a fantastic show. I think this was a good show that peaked really high. Yeah. Uh, the press conference you're talking about. Well, I, yeah. Um, I think the show peaked really high. And that, right, is kind of... That's pretty much where I'm at with AEW in general. So maybe, ultimately, at the moment, based on WWE's form, that's a knock on Fastlane. <laughs> but, like, I'm... WWE has reached a point where I am so into the good stuff. So into it. End of SmackDown this week. Jesus Christ. You know I mean? Oh! Yeah. Right. Let's have a quick word on that. That I, I said this on the news. That gave me... You know when people always share, like... They don't watch wrestling anymore, mm. or if they ask you about it, they say, oh, how's Stone Cold doing nowadays? So, or they go like, is there The Undertaker still that's like, well, I've got some news for you this week. Yes. <laughs> um, but they say like, oh, they, they're the ones who always share the like, remember this amazing ending to, to Raw or to yep. SmackDown? It's the one with like, it's like Rock comes in, he mm-hmm. is finished, and then Stone Cold, and did it. it's, I think it was Invasion yeah. or whatever it was. I got genuine vibes from of that from mm-hmm. from the ending of this week's SmackDown. Oh my god! It was it, like again, like I've tried to kind of articulate why I'm so engaged and excited with WWE of late, and it's it's the feeling. It's always the feeling. That's all it ever is. Like you could, and thank God we don't. But you could cut down a lot of like these podcasts to five minutes of oh, this felt great. Right, see you later. Then yeah. like I just I feel. So buzzed to watch so many of these characters. Like, yeah. I'm so engaged with so many of them. Uh, and that, like, to be honest, like, I ran into a problem with that on this card, and we'll get to this, like, halfway through the show. But uh, SmackDown was a great illustration of, ultimately, like, I think where a lot of people that are really engaged with WWE right now are. And I was kind of just back and forth with a few people on Twitter, and it, the more I was thinking about it, the more it moved me to say it on a podcast. Because, I don't know, I guess, like, Back in 2021, I felt compelled to just just beg that people, for Christ's sake, watch Dynamite. Yeah. Because when a product is hot, you want to be in it, and you want to be amongst it. And if you feel it too, there's just nothing like it. You are just chomping at the bit for the next little bit of it. And honestly, genuinely, it's felt like this a while. The approach, I, I felt it bubbling. SmackDown realized that I was there again. Like, I think... 
if you even take a passing interest in WWE. If you don't like it, I don't think there's a, there's no coming back from no. that. I think AEW has proven that a version of wrestling close to your tastes is there. Yeah. So WWE will only ever look like a kind of alternative to that. But if there is any of you that enjoys WWE, and of course that, you know, and people know that that lingers with us, and it's certainly with, I, I would imagine like plenty of people that got into wrestling through WWE and, and want to see what it can still provide. I, I just, I cannot stress enough how much you need to get on the bandwagon. Yeah. Like it's, it's just exhilarating at the moment. These, the, remember like the quiet crowds this year mm. to the point where like raw was of a particular standard that we were going, you know, like some of this is pretty good. What, what are these fans attending for? If they're not really that bothered, you know, they're coming up for the matches. Mm -hmm. They're coming up for the promos and the segments. They're coming up because there are way more than, I mean, I would say a handful of stars for about two decades, it wasn't even a handful. It was two fingers full. It was John Cena plus one. You know, yeah. whether that was a failed Roman Reigns experiment, whether it was Randy Orton having a good moment. Whether I mean, Randy Orton tagged against the entire Raw roster. Yeah, like, you know, you would always have, like, a, a, a plus one to John Cena. So whether that was Orton or Batista or Roman Reigns when he was dying on his ass, like, there was always somebody that was supposed to be seen as this other guy, so you had a minimum of two stars. And it wasn't. You could count on one finger, and most people point the middle one at John Cena. <laughs> and it was just, I got that, like, now it feels like the total opposite. And I think even though I wasn't as high as you on this card, Fastlane as a PLE, to me, was like an illustration of that. Like, you were, that was a full-ass building for this B-show, mm -hmm. featuring a bunch of, like, the top-tier WWE talent without needing to even mind the whole roster. Like, we yet again go another big show without their need, in inverted commas, for a Gunther Intercontinental title match because, oh, Jesus, we just had one on Raw. Yeah. And there's, like, a, a couple in the chamber still to come, you know? Like, there is more than what WWE can physically provide on mm. a B-show. There's so much good stuff at the moment. There's so, like, up and down the card, like, low card, mid card, upper card, main event. All four of those brackets are occupied with characters I want to watch. Mm. And I think Fastlane was an illustration. Of that. An imperfect one. I am going to be critical of a number of things on this card, if I'm, I'm being honest, <laughs> which is good. Because I think, again, like, and I just want to drill down at this point before we get into the, the card properly. I believe if you are watching WWE right now, you can understand uh, booking decisions, character motivations, yep. chapter points in the story in a way that people that are clearly not watching WWE cannot. Yeah. So they will see a screenshot uh, or they will see a development because it's being shared on socials mm -hmm. or it's like whatever. It's, you know, and like, look, at least it's culturally penetrating. For, you remember that time when nobody would even talk about Raw? <laughs> like Raw and SmackDown may not as well have existed on like on the timelines, curated as they are. They are seeing these things and like, you know, we'll jump in at the top. Like, I don't know. Cody wins a tag belt, and that's, like, supposedly a meme because it's, like, sideways cry-laughing emoji. Uh -huh, is this finishing the story, is it? It's like, no. It's, like, a really quite significant part of a bigger story that involves, and, like, much to my chagrin, should have won the f***ing belt at WrestleMania, but today's no. not that. He's today, going to at the right WrestleMania. Today's not that day, but, like, it's part of a story that has grown from a bunch of other stories that, if you listen to any coverage we've put into this card over the last two, three weeks from the point of the announcement of the match when the four-on-four four dissolved, we were like, well, they're probably going to win the belts. This yeah. feels like the natural... Yeah. If you look at every character, da, 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 and there's a lot of that happening in WWE and a lot of people that don't watch it. And look, I'm not forcing people to watch. I'd rather... <laughs> if they're not watching, I'd rather listen to our podcast. Oh, hell yeah. We'll save them watching it. We'll, <laughs> like, yes, please. We'll stick with that. But like, so here, here's me, somebody that watches, telling you so you don't have to, that, 
a lot of what you're seeing is in service of a bunch of big and small pictures. And if you were to throw out there, I saw a um, friend of the podcast, as far as I'm concerned, Ebu, back up Hangman. Oh, Hangman, legend. Parody. He put out uh, a tweet that got like a ton of interest because all of his tweets do. He's a really interesting guy, good takes. And he put something like, "What it, was, he, it wasn't what makes you feel, but it was what moves you in pro wrestling at the moment. It's great because not only are there like a bunch of uh, WWE and AEW takes, just proving that there is something for everybody. Mm-hmm. But like the WWE ones are not, this one character is going well. This one story is succeeding. You're not me and you going, they haven't ruined Bailey and Sasha yet. Yeah. The perfect example, yeah. Like there's this one thing I like, please don't kill it because I've got nothing else. There's like, oh, there's this character, there's this character, there's this character. And then when you really drill into it, uh, which I, I'm sorry, I haven't talked anything about Fastlane yet, but I'm just excited. I'm, I'm kind of oh, like, I will, don't I'm worry. on a bit of a WWE high at the moment. When you drill into it, one of the, I would say at the moment, one of the really exciting bubbling under stories in WWE that's kind of got everybody like looking at, like leaning in, Lenny from The Simpsons, <laughs> is Drew McIntyre's Yeah. Thing. And how does that happen without a bunch of other developments exactly. wrapped around it? And I think that's the best example of like, the, they're not just turning, he's not just hit somebody with a chair and now he's a baddie. This is like, for this to have any kind of depth and any kind of, oh man, when's, when's the other shoe going to drop? It requires so much more build and backing from a bunch of- clash at the castle. Yeah, with a bunch of characters that aren't even him. Yeah. You know, a lot of stuff was like water under the bridge that he's had nothing yeah, to do. Carmelo Hayes is him. Indeed, he is, and John Cena agrees. Tune into NXT tomorrow, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but I, I, ju- I just think that's where we're at. Like, and to to segue in to this opener, that is as hot as it was because of all of those mm. moving parts and various different tendrils that this particular result was able to grasp onto. Well, before we do that, I got something to say. Saw people uh, comparing uh, Fast Lane and Wrestle Dream, and I just think you know quality over quantity for me. No, I'm joking. But what I am, I am a little bit annoyed about, and I'm not going to go after specific people or even. Uh, you know, if you want to express your opinion and, and, and say that our podcast is too negative so sometimes, I think we try and balance it quite fairly, having people on either side and... Well, and we say what we feel. Yeah. I go back to this every single time. Like, the criticisms are always, yeah, well, they've bashed this this week. It's probably because it's what we thought. But but then, on Saturday, I was having... This is a very Wilborn pay-per-view, premium live event. I was having a whale of a time. Yeah. And then there were people, oh, check this idiot out, right? And I was like... I'm sorry I annoyed you with my enjoyment of pro wrestling. <laughs> like I, was, I wasn't saying, like, I did a tweet right, and I said, I think this might be one of my favorite shows of the year. Mm-hmm. Happened to have just happened after hell, I know. I didn't say this is one of the best shows of the year. I'm not going to put it up and say, technically, sit down and watch this. There's some five-star classics on there. I think you did that once before. We went out, you checked your phone, and uh, a lot of people were quite cross. Oh, boy. <laughs> Money in the Bank vibes are not going to be top this yeah. year for me. Um, but, you know, Meltzer's not going to give any of these matches five stars because he's biased. I should have given Melo uh, Ilya five stars. But... Four and three for that. Oh, sort of trios. How many matches are better than Punk and Joe already this year? Oh, like 50 probably. <laughs> That's yeah. this week. Oh, God. But I just said I just really enjoyed this show. I just had a load of fun. Yeah. And like you, and like you say, that could have just been because I get to see the big stars. I get to see Cody Rhodes win a title. I get to see John Cena and LA Knight tied together. What's that going to look like? Mm-hmm. I get to see a really good triple threat match when I yeah. went in with very low expectations, if I'm perfectly honest, right? But it all made sense as well. Like you said, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Because the show opened with a cold open. Oh, my God. Pat McAfee, he's not a mathematist. He's yeah. doing the, in Indianapolis, and I thought, 
Well, that's great. I tweeted about it. I saw it on Saturday afternoon. It got me even more hyped for the show. And I saw people being like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, he's excited. Uh, and people saying, he's not going to be there though, is he? Oh, boy. Anyway, more on that later. Because mm-hmm. it's time for um, the tag team title match. It was um, the champions, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And of course, collectively, <laughs> they're in the f- Judgment Day. And on it was uh, <laughs> Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso taking them on. Um, that Jay Uso reaction. It's fabulous. It's so what you're witnessing, and this is really cool, is like I'm gonna go back to SmackDown for a second. When the fans were, when they cut Cody's music off because the battle had to start and the fans just kept singing along because they tried to fight their way to the world. <laughs> they couldn't get it from the music. What you have at the moment is, it's wrestling is an ecosystem and ultimately stars have to fall or new ones have to rise. And you you shoot for harmony and you so rarely get it. You know, there's obviously real life politics at play and there's egos and there's quality performances as well. It's really hard to find a time when somebody is very clearly on the rise, somebody is also very clearly on the rise, and there'll be, like, harmony with that. The best example, and it's, like, a Bruce Pritchard story that has really stuck with me, is, like, Steve Austin in, I think it was, like, late 98. So you are the friggin' hottest guy since Hogan, and it, numbers are suggesting that you're going to be even hotter. Like, you are the man, the rattlesnake, the toughest SOB, and, like... Rock's right there, and Steve Austin's going backstage saying, like, oh, man, he ain't going to uh, get over properly with doing all this nursery rhyme crap. And it's like, regardless of what that opinion is, what that reflects is that you are the atopper dog, and you're already paranoid because that guy's so good. Yeah. You're like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, And he's a bit like uh, Boy Meets Girl, isn't he? Because he's waiting for a starter fall. Hey, well done. Now I know when you stopped listening. That's yeah. good. And uh, well, just said <laughs> and, um, and I just think when you see Jey Uso's reaction and he stands on that and, you know, they've, again, like, uh, and this is a point, right? Here's the, here's the thing. WWE have created a thing now where they frame his entrance a certain way that they zoom out in that wide shot and you get to see the fans doing the arm thing with Jey Uso. And like a lot of people would curse that production style. It's like, oh God, it's like uh, everything's got to be this perfect thing. I want to be in the crowd and do the yeah. arm thing. Like this is, I, I, I'm trying to speak I'm doing as, it at home. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to speak as like somebody that like objectively enjoys this. Like this is how it works. If you like this bullshit, this is how uh-huh. it works for you because it makes you want to be part of that crowd. It makes you buy into it. And the fact that like, and if it ha- it's a bit like the Dominic Mysterio boo button until it kind of like be- like it was manifest as a as a real thing. Yeah. And you know, like the ultimately, if you replicate a scenario enough that people want to engage with that scenario, then you've succeeded because people are going to that building knowing full well that Jay is going to come out and get to do the arm thing in his entrance, and it looks and feels big time, right? And I think that the, I love this Jay Uso character and I love this Jay Uso story, and I still think the ceiling is perhaps lower than guy that leads the company. Yeah. That That's fair. position is currently held by Roman Reigns and is probably being reserved still for Cody Rhodes. And what's so cool about, as I say, the ecosystem is right now, Jey Uso bubbling under. We're yet to see for definite if he's going to be that guy. But it's okay because we've got that guy. And that guy's his partner and he's the guy that comes out next. So you're already on a, oh, I'm getting pretty f- excited about Jey Uso. Yeah. And then you, just Future when world champion. Just when Singles. the pan's, pan's bubbling, then like Cody Rhodes comes out. Turn the heat up, like, even higher. The lid bursts off and the water boils over. And it's and it's just 
that thrill in the building of like, oh, it's better, it's even better, it's even better, it's even better. It does replicate that feeling of Austin Rock and of 2000 and of 2021 AEW, 2020, I'll say it on Sidgwick's behalf, because there is a feeling like there are so many people that you're just like, oh, I thought I was, I thought it was my investment was Pequen G, so I came out, I don't forgot about this guy. Yeah. And then later on the show, it's like, Jesus Christ, John Cena's here, but he's, I should be really hyped on this guy. He like, drove a sausage gun. <laughs> I, I love this man and like this match sorry we've gone so long and not even discussed the first match and I'll try and cut the analysis down as a result but like this match lives and dies by that emotional response mm. and the whole thing was hot as a result yeah brilliant match you know the story of gonna have to chop Damien Priest down because he's awesome mm -hmm. Cody having to tie the leg and what have you uh, Jimmy Uso, sorry, Jay Uso getting isolated um, and Cody getting more and more frustrated like The Undertaker when he was like splashing that <laughs> water. Get me in! Uso gets over it's a hot tag. Um, Ballet makes a comeback, goes up top for the coup de grace, but Rhodes catches him and it's a mint delayed vertical suplex. Oh my God. Cody's selling of the neck from here was absolutely amazing. I was terrified. I was terrified that the main event at WrestleMania 40 was up in smoke. Mm -hmm. He was that effective at selling that neck. I was so concerned that when he came back in to hit the panicked, um, what was it, the stun at the cutter? Yeah. The panicked Cody cutter. And then he, he kind of rolled immediately to the floor. It's not the, oh, that hurts his neck too. It's the rolling immediately to the floor. Yeah. As you're yeah. like, oh, Jesus, I hope he's okay. Um, Priest tried to get the razor's edge on Jey Uso, but Jey Uso gets out of it and takes out both Balor and Priest with a dive through the ropes. Um, Uso hits the Uso splash, but Balor comes in the last second just to break up the pinfall. And Rose has to hit him with that Cody cutter. Um Jey Uso hit a spear yep. out of nowhere. Um, but here comes Dominic Mysterio and bloody Rhea Ripley. Um, Uso takes out Dom outside and brilliantly gets distracted by, or tempted, I suppose, mm -hmm. by Rhea Ripley. She gets in his face and he's not, you know, I'm going to bloody hit you. He's just like... Go over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, that allows Priest to recover. He hits a preposterous hurricane Rana. Wow. Bala hits the coup de gras, and I was genuinely off myself going, no! Yeah, 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 great. And Cody Rhodes makes the save, and I was just so into it then. They do the this toe-to-toe stand-up battle thing, which is a trope that they've done a lot, but I was proper into it because I was heavily invested in this match. JD McDonough shows up, uh, and in amongst all this... Uh, Uso goes for a pinfall, I think, on Balor. Mm. Yeah, and then gets kicked off, does the old head through the ropes thing, and Rhea Ripley nails him with a briefcase. And I was like, oh, no. One, two. Jey Uso kicks out. They're battling on the outside, Damian Priest and Cody Rhodes. Damian's like, fuck this. I'm putting him through the fucking table, right? JD McDonough's like, don't worry, Damian, I'll help you. And oh, my God. Oh, my God. The bit where he accidentally nailed him in the leg that they've already been targeting to weaken him and Rhodes crossroads him, not through the desk, desk doesn't break, I mean, yeah. All right, sends him out, out there. He gets back in, does Cody. Finn Balor's completely isolated. Uso tags him. They hit this weird but brilliant disaster kick slash 1D oh combo Yeah, I love that finisher so much. It's there, well, can we coexist? 
as a move, basically, is there like the this whole deal about like singles wrestlers having to come together, but the whole point is that Cody and Jade have got a bond. Cody is the one guy that went to bat for Jay despite this locker room of people that potentially hated him. Cody is ultimately a force for good, and what he wants is for the, everybody else to have the good time, so does the fans, which is why he brings Jay something at the fold, which is why he's willing to team with him, which is why he's willing to put old grudges to bed and win a title with him in a way that Drew McIntyre isn't, because that's going to get Drew McIntyre further over as a heel. And how do you illustrate that? You illustrate it with the f***ing combo move, where he's tried to put the very move that has put him down in the past. He's tried to utilise that power to encourage Jey Uso that, yes, you can trust me. Yes, we are for keeps. It was so good, Wilborn. I didn't see it coming. I want a fantasy book of things to be surprised. That's what AEW used to do. That's what I'm talking about. The Fed! The <laughs> Fed! <laughs> One, two, three. Speaking of three, <sighs> that's where he gets three more E's on the end of it. See? <laughs> Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso, your new tag team champions and goats of the Fastlane press conference. Yeah, you want to get pissed on the bus for Cody and Jay, don't you? Like, we'll talk about that as well, because this match was fantastic. It was, um, what's this strange phenomenon going on where, like, you, a Raw main event happens, I would say, six out of every seven weeks that is this, and I would say four out of every seven weeks is hot. And luckily, we fell on a hot one. Yeah. Like, they, like, it's better more than it's not. And I think much of that is to do, again, with the clear investment from the audience, of which I include myself part of, in many of these characters and many of these different stories that are being told. Uh, it's not complex, but it's really, really gripping. And there's enough, there's enough sort of, like, colliding plots that I think make this as captivating as it is. Like, the near falls, I'm with you. Like, I totally bought the briefcase one. And it was just, it was just so well-timed as well. So you're thinking, well, right, I know Cody's there. I know that, like... I, can, I know where all the pieces are on the yeah, board, yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's nowhere else to me. It's got to be, it's got to be now, Jay. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, the timing and the execution. So Damien Priest should isolate him for praise because Cody's selling the neck was good. I didn't. I was worried about Cody's neck health. I did not believe that Damien Priest had a shoot problem with his leg health, but I was very on the hook for it because I was thinking, ah, he might cash in later. And how does this, yeah, yeah, how does yeah. his injury impact that? So it's it's got me thinking nonetheless, right? So they've got me on this Damien Priest bad leg thing. But the construction of the spot in order to make it believable that JD McDonough would swing that case as hard as he did, right? Because basically, for those that haven't seen it, uh, Damien Priest has stood on the table and is kind of attempting to elevate Cody, who is stood on the floor. Kind of like when you pick a kid up by their armpits. He's <laughs> trying to lift Cody onto the table that way. So Cody is stood up straight while Damien Priest is on the table. So Cody's head is about in line with Priest's knee, yeah. right? So when J.D. McDonough is swinging that case, if he hits Cody, he kills Cody. <laughs> right? That is yeah. a clean head-off shot with the case, right? So fair enough. When Cody ducks and moves out the way, this is not your standard... Sean and Diesel in the ring holding up for the superkick deal. Not that at all. This is like a guy that is swinging a killer man, and Cody just happens to avoid the bullet, and the bullet is a bullet. So it can't <laughs> adjust pace and course, and it goes hard in on the leg. Mm. And you need something like that to put Priest out of action, as you say, then you've got the crossroads. And we've talked about this, haven't we? Like, J.D. McDonough, like, his biggest obstacle literally and figuratively, has been <laughs> Damien Priest. Yeah. He is gradually, like, Dominic seems to really like him, right? and which checks out because they're both horrid, right? Rhea, <laughs> Rhea is gradually thought, you know what? He's helped us, like, yeah, he help yeah. win the belts back? So it's like, well, mm -hmm. fair enough, like, he's on board. Finn liked him from the beginning because he was bringing him in to kind of undermine Priest when the waters were choppier. They're about to get choppier again, so that's mm. pretty great. The ocean is beautiful. Like, the... This was the exact right spot at the exact right time, and now you have Jay and Jimmy, as I say, as these tag champions. Like, head to Raw and let's see how fine Sammy and Kevin are now that, like, somebody else are holding the belts that they think are theirs. Mm. Like, it's just 
really good stuff, man. Yeah. The press conference when you've got this odd couple tag act that are like finding their way together, as I say, with the 1D, like the, the Cody Cutter 1D finisher, to then have that kind of press conference and like make themselves Go vi- watch it. viral sensations over the weekend as just warm, engaging mates pissing about like the most un WWE feeling presentation of this friendship. Like I hope they open middle and close raw. I want this to be the Cody and Jay show. Let's live in this for as long as we can yeah. justify, you know? Like, is it them two versus Sammy and Kevin at Crown Jewel for a handshake at the end to make it seem fine for war games? I don't know. I love it. Uh, as if this wasn't enough of a me show, we go backstage and Xavier Woods is hanging out with Booker T and Wade Barrett and they're plugging Pizza Hut. They did quite a lot of that during this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> He did the thing. He did the thing. That's all I needed. He didn't yeah. have any bad news. He wanted pepperoni or something. Not that we need to give pizza any more promotion because this show did enough of it. But I, I wanted a mailbox. Didn't Absolutely. When, he, when, oh, when Xavier God. Woods brought it to the desk, it was like, look at that big giant pizza box. What's in there? <laughs> then it was time for Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits versus the LWO and their mystery partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, another circling back to SmackDown. The bump that Joaquin Wilde took oh on God. Friday night Oh, my God. Amazing. They killed the guy. I was like, yep, that's going to take him out of it. Yeah. So great. Uh, I was devastated with this. I thought this was quite poor. I loved it. I have real problems. I loved it because the Apple guy came back. (laughs) But before we get into it, I have to get your thoughts on Lashley and uh, the Street Profits gear. Goated, too good for the act. That's what I'm saying. I think there's real problems at the core of this group. Well... I, I was going into this going, Street Brothers and Bobby Lashley have to win. And mm-hmm. then I thought afterwards, do they? Because I think they're actually going to win the war here. Okay. And, well, I just wish there was history of Rey Mysterio bringing an old friend of his in to help and uh, the other member of that team getting pissed off and turning on him. It's great. It's great. It, that stuff is great. We're both pro LWO. I thought this was another... Um, it was a, just a push too far on this, like... We get it. Lashley thinks the Street Profits suck, so just leave them. Like, just call this stable an L, and then get some new friends. Like, I don't, I don't think this is helping all three of them. And I, this is this is my point, right? Fastlane had this in this match, in the Cena tag match, and to a lesser extent, the main event. I would have booked all of these matches. None of them, the two tag matches, could not follow the first tag match which created a significant drop-off in everybody's enjoyment of the matches because it was like, well, the first one was the best one we had. Like, they, they cannot follow it. So I just felt in-ring they didn't deliver on that scale. But I would have booked them because these are all the things the characters should be doing. Yeah. But when that happens, when the product is hot and when you, the characters are in the places where they should be, you do kind of see who sinks and swims because it matters. Like, this is not the Vince thing where it's just like, absolutely now it matters. We could tear it all up on Raw <laughs> yeah. tomorrow. And what you saw is, forget about it, pal, Men in Black Memory thing, it's done, it's gone. You are supposed to be buying into what these characters are selling and I'm not buying what... Street Profits and Bobby Lashley are selling. See, WWE's earned Let It Play Out privileges for me. Yeah, I, fair. I love this pairing, or threesome, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them. And I thought, ah, oh, it's a shame they've lost there. But I don't think it's dead in the water. And I think long term, Lashley's going to be vindication. Mm. And uh, <laughs> this LWO version ain't long for this world. No. Because Santos Escobar's mint as well, because. They start off, and it looks like it's a two-on-three match. <laughs> Whoever the tag partner is, he's running late. Mm-hmm. Um, and Escobar hit a standing Hurricane Rana 
when they were both standing on the top turnbuckle at one point. They looked insane. He's so talented. Mm-hmm. Um, Mysterio gets completely isolated and dominated, tries to make a comeback, tries to get over to Escobar at one point. Ford yanks him off the apron. Zelina Vega's like, I've had enough of this. <laughs> she, I think it was Meteora to, to Montez Ford. Yep. Great bump. And so Mysterio's like, well, if only I had a third member of this team... And whatever it was, Carlito's music hits. What the hell was that? <laughs> Carlito runs down to the ring. I was like, finally, they signed him about six months ago. Yeah. Uh, he runs down to the ring, jumps on the apron, sticks the arm out. I'm like, let's go. Right? <laughs> Gets in. Carlito can still give. He can still give. And he can arguably give more than he ever did the first time, if we're being honest. Yes. Not one of my guys, but I'm kind of into him so far. He dropkicked Dawkins to the floor, big dives from Mysterio and Escobar, and then he hits the backstabber on Ford, one, two, three, and I don't know if you can call them the LWO mm-hmm. as this version, but yeah, a win. Yeah, I think, um, I'll tell you something else just really quickly on, because I don't want to be completely miserable about this, because I'm liking the LWO too. I, I think another problem with the Street Profits is Ford is trying, specifically trying so hard to be Montez Ford and be hated, and clearly those things are impossible. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've met Montez Ford. He is innately one of the most likable humans I'll ever meet, mm-hmm. I think. He's interviewed you, available to view somewhere in the What Culture Wrestling Archives on YouTube. Um, he's doing Montez Ford stuff in the ring, and then, like, he'll go on the airplane and be like, shut up! And it's, like, all very pantomime because he's a very, very pantomime man. But, like, he, his offense still kicks ass. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to hear, isn't it? Like, the, so that's something that's still got. I'm not suggesting that you do that wrestling thing and be like, got to take yourself, got to, Chris Jericho, stop like selling your t shirts, grab a headlock. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I want to see him grab no. a headlock, and maybe that's a problem. Anyway, the LWO stuff I think is really great because um, Carlito, not only Carlito not arriving till the end to kind of gobble up the glory, but also him being Carlito, the backstabber, right? The bad apple, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I can already see Rey Mysterio being like, it's in it great, in it great, our old pal Carly Gould's back. And uh, Santa's like, yeah, a uh, couple of questions. Yeah. <laughs> like, already you've built in that, like, oh, yes, I would get it. It's really nice to see him. Like, I think you do a rematch and they say, Ray's like, well, stick with, stick with the one in for me, right? The three of us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, LWO. Santa's like, Colleague's not in the LWO. What about Joaquin? Or Boys are fine this week. Cruz, they're fine. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be there straight away. They won't just turn up when they're ready. Like, already they're built in if they want to use it. These little seeds of dissension. Seeds? Apple seeds. Yeah, good. Tick. Oh, no, I love it. I just love this. And it was hot as well. Yeah. People were buzzing. Like, it wasn't, obviously, it wasn't backlash. Jesus Christ. But uh, <laughs> you think friggin' Steve Austin had turned up. <laughs> but uh, it was, yeah, it was hot. It went down well. People, I think the longer the match went on, sensed it was going to be him. Yeah, is that just me? Or, like, or I saw someone say "bad bunny" and I thought, Jesus Christ, if they do that, yeah. Um, but I good like a good overall a net positive, I would say, but mm. a match I did not enjoy. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Well, let's move on to the triple threat match. It was EO Sky versus Asuka versus Charlotte Flair for the WWE Women's Championship. And I think it's fair to say, despite the talent in this match, you and I went in with a bit low expectations because mm-hmm. we thought, oh, God, Charlotte Flair might yeah. win another world title. Or the, 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 the combos of these women, despite the fact we know what they can do on paper. And I thought the EO Asuka match actually was really good recently. Mm-hmm. It, it, it It's not been better than the sum of its parts or whatever that phrase is. Yeah. And then it was like they went, oh, it's like they listened to the pod or listened to all the people talking about this or dismissing this match and went, just you watch. They definitely listened to the SmackDown review because I called this finish, I think. I'm mm-hmm. sure I said the figure eight into the moonsault, but I was such a cynical prick that I was like, and somehow Charlotte wins. Like, I think I'd said that she had to moonsault Asuka mm-hmm. rather than like the, like that idea that you hide the tap. Like, I didn't call it interference, by the way, which is a really nice touch, but like, I, de- Charlotte. Factions are pretty good. Tony Khan should take note. Charlotte gets hers. At least, isn't she? That's, yeah, that's what I don't happened, care. Yeah. yeah, as long as you don't actually win, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I should mention, by the way, prior to this, they showed footage of Jade Cargill showing up and having a meeting with Triple H, which I think they put on the kickoff show because I was watching the build before this. I was in the midst of changing a nappy, and I yeah. thought, Is that what's happened?" I saw that on like when I was I watched the show the next day, and then I went on to X and I saw the clip on X before I'd ever seen it on. I can't remember if they replayed it on the. Um, like main, yeah. I think they just played thing. just before this. Oh, match. Is that what it was? Because yeah. I was it. It was quite nice to not watch live to be able to like skim the merchandise adverts and the whatever. Um, but I was keen to see every moment of every match because we've not even talked about this yet. Can we just share? Can we just spend one button's worth of time on uh, every replay being punctuated by a <laughs> car stuff, wasn't it? Great. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this like guy four hundred of them. There's a shot at Flair. This is Asuka. And it's a triple threat match in WWE, so they're going to have to do the spot where someone gets hit with a move that doesn't actually affect them too much. They roll to the outside, and then you have a one-on-one match. I did not call Asuka just going, miss straight away to Charlotte Flair's face. Unbelievable. Like, legitimately great. Problem. Uh, negatives before positives, I suppose. Uh, the mist is apparently, yeah, give five, give five, wash it out, and you're good to go. And if it's apparently so, give it five, and you're good to go. Maybe don't roll it out as a supposed kill shot on your main event. Uh, just, 
No, that's just me. Rightly that, was, that was red mist, though. Rightly or wrongly. Different different colour. Well, and I understand the law of the mists. I don't really. I do. but well, yeah. I've, there's, they've all got different things that they all do, apparently. Um, if we talk about the law of the mist, Shinsuke Nakamura hasn't got a law of the mist. So maybe, you know, like, uh, maybe don't cheat the system a little bit. Aye. So cheeky, but I was proper. You know what it reminded me of? Remember when um, it was like DX and Cena in a triple threat? And Sean Super yes, kicked. Yes, I saw people H. sharing that. Yeah, that was what it was like. Wow, we are off. This is wild. That was that was what it gave me. Um, so yeah, Flair's getting tended to by officials, and we just get Sky versus Asuka, which was great, mm-hmm. really fun. Uh, Flair's pissed off when she comes back in, starts big booting them, and just power game left, right, and center. Uh, Asuka gets a big superplex for a two count, but Charlotte comes back in and cross bodies both of them. Uh, and uh, one time I actually liked that flipping clothesline of hers. Yeah. The double one. Mm-hmm. Um, Sky hits Asuka with a moonsault. Charlotte does her, Charlotte does her moonsault <laughs> off, off the top onto both of them. Um, and then Charlotte's battling up top with Sky. And then there's a great sort of Tower of Doom power slam yeah. moment thing. Kicked ass. It did kick ass. It looked really good. Asuka, a little, 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 uh, little, uh, favorite of mine uh which is someone trying to pin both people in the match mm-hmm. i love it when someone does that just scrabbles around trying to pin the first opponent oh, oh that didn't work let's try the other one the rings call it smash them and stack them yeah yeah um Asuka tries to submit flair she counters into a figure eight but sky hits flair with a meteora uh, and then they both submit charlotte flair but she doesn't tap because of course yeah, that was so funny as well like there would be no obvious winner she's like well, i'm not giving off yeah <laughs> um so Asuka just goes, oh, attack Io Sky yeah. then. Um, but it, this has allowed Charlotte Flair to recover. She hits Asuka with a spear and gets a two count. Bailey makes her way out to ringside and like, come on, Io. And Io's like, what the f*** are you doing here? Go away. <laughs> I told you not to be here. They've done that on the kickoff. Um, so Sky turns around to a huge boot from uh, Charlotte Flair. Um, Asuka tries to capitalize on it. Um, and she gets put in the figure eight by Charlotte Flair. And Bailey realizes... Uh-oh, Sky's down, figure eight. Mm-hmm. So she jumps up on the apron, takes the referee, Asuka taps, but the ref doesn't see it, and Sky, out of nowhere, hits her preposterous moonsault. Oh, my God. Shoves Asuka out of the way. One, two, three. EO Sky retains. Bailey celebrates with her afterwards. I love this. Uh, total over-delivery, a real achievement. Um, I don't... I do know how they did it, because this is the exact, like... This is that cause of and solution to stuff, isn't it, with the women's division especially? Like, there's no there's no one thing in WWE more than women's wrestling that is as reliant on the quality of the wrestlers. Like, it's almost yeah. solely down to how good these matches can be. And I think, like, we've had a couple of kind of underwhelming ones on SmackDown that have illustrated that point. And Eagle Sky's title reign in general doesn't feel very hot as a result. Like, this was... Uh, we'd really love it if you told a bit of a deeper story, but in the meantime, we're not going to... Like, we're not going to allow the division to be actively tarnished anymore. So so we'll give you 15 exhilarating minutes. Oh. We'll give you our best night. Charlotte Flair continues to be the most complex wrestler in the <laughs> world for the disparity in quality between her things she's interested in and things she's not. Um, it's funny when you said Charlotte. It reminded I found Kylie Minogue's first ever fault. Um, what? I know, she's only got one. Um, and it's only even half fault, really. But uh, she, when she was on Top of the Pops 1995, two weeks ago, uh, Annie Lennox was on it. And uh, she kept calling her Annie Lennox. 
Ooh. And my, one of my heroes, Annie Lennox. I was like, do it again, Kylie? Yeah. Uh, and it was just, come on, try that again. So, like, I need to find more interviews where she's spoke about Annie Lennox to see if since then mm. she's just, like, adjusted that accordingly. Um, but I... What's talking about? Oh, yeah, the women's title. Like, the, I want... <laughs> because this was so effective at delivering a finish, this is where we're going to kind of come back out the valley and it was positive. Because this was so effective at delivering a finish, maybe there is life in this, like... Damage Katara's thing yet. It still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, EO Sky, don't come out. Okay, I've seen there's been mistakes. I'm coming out anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And help. It's not quite right, is it? It's not quite like... Because now EO's like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to come out every time. And then she's going to go back to making mistakes again. And it's all very... Has Dakota Guy's injury possibly forced him to park whatever the plans were? I don't know. It just feels very... We'll figure that out when we get to work rather Mm. than we're thinking about it Weeks yeah, and weeks and weeks yeah. in advance. But the finish was hot and it did make sense. And they've effectively screwed Asuka and beaten Charlotte. So what I would love now is for SmackDown to have something a bit more creative for real. Yeah. Have her move away from these two. Mm-hmm. Like a proper, like, tough, you've had your turn, we're moving forward. Yeah. And if you want, Asuka and Charlotte can bounce around. But, like, either way, let's see what EO's got outside of these guys. LA Knight arrives in the Slim Jim car. Sure does. Driving it all by himself. Definitely. Like, and I know this because he got out of the driver's seat. Yeah. So I've that's all like the seen her at that mania. Exactly. It's all the evidence it's I took need. Took a while taking his seatbelt off. <laughs> Where is he built? Um, before this match, though, here comes Pat McAfee wearing an Indianapolis Colts world title. Oh, my God. Yeah. You can tell why I quite like this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got a lot of things you need and want. Puts over Indy uh, and tries to claim that they should have a WrestleMania. We should have one first. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, like, who are we to doubt Pat McAfee? That man once, I was there in person when that man kicked a football so hard it set a firework off. I do wish they'd just splashed out on Seven Nation. I don't mind letting Was that night two? It was so over, wasn't yes. it? Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, One of the only things that was on that night. Roman Reigns. Give me that title. Acknowledge your tribal cheeky little prick. Have we had a nice time? Wake up, wake up. I know that main event was really... Wake up. Uh, yeah, McAvee introduces John Cena, um, who comes out, and then the real megastar comes out. Here we go, ecosystem. Like, oh, John, of course, John Cena. Jesus Christ, out of the way, you. <laughs> like, LA Knight. <laughs> Thunderous. Uh, and then here comes the bloodline, Jimmy Uso uh, and Sulu uh, Sukoa. And, right, how, what can I say? So we've had... Um, what do you watch AEW Collision fans with? A kaleidoscope. We've had the infamous, Aesop, get the fables! <laughs> and now, Paul Heyman. <laughs> More like Paul Grayman. The big three this year for me. That's it, yeah. The big the triple threat. I, honestly, I know people have to pay for Twitter. I think they should have to pay for my tweets. <laughs> I was so proud of that one. An £8 a month Willborn subscription. What do you think of his hair? I like the fact that they just worked in storyline that this is fucking stressing Paul Heyman out. I think that's quite smart. That's the old thing, isn't it? Where like wrestlers, like if they were going to shave their hair, we're like, well, we're going to sell it. Like yeah. you've got to use that as a stick. Don't just do that. Yeah, it's quite quite cute that. Um, and like, fine, let the man get old. He is old. Yeah. And uh, John Cena starts us off, and we get a tease of a s- singles match between him and Solo Sokoa. Oh my god! Yes, please. Sokoa uh, just bats him basically. Uh, Jimmy Uso comes in and he's just, he's a brilliant bell end. 
I've been banging this drum for a few weeks now. This Jim Uso character, he's got it nailed. <laughs> the, bit, the bit on SmackDown. So you've got, like, all of these groups, like, you know, the bit before, um, like, and it's really cheesy, but, like, the Rhea Ripley, Paul Heyman, authorised bit mm-hmm. with the handshake. When, By the like, way, when uh, Mammy said, acknowledge me. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> when Jimmy Uso's already had his ass kicked and the judgment day were walking out and he was like, oh yeah, <laughs> good news for you. By the way, oh, you, and so I, funny. you and I were texting, as we often do, about how great SmackDown was. <laughs> and uh, there was a, a face-off in the locker room, obviously, like, I think yeah, the yeah. judgment day, weren't they were in the Bloodlines locker room and they mm-hmm. walked in and there was that bit and it was like, oh, there's, there's Heyman and Rhea and then there's, you know, uh, Solo and Damien Priest facing off. I was like, the genius of having Jimmy Uso face off with Dominic Mysterio because they're both complete pretenders who wouldn't have done anything without the people around them. Magic. This it's just Dominic Mysterio, man. Like the way that he was when, like, Jay. <laughs> How when he walked in? What when, when uh, Jimmy walked in? He was sat on that. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, bear in mind on Raw, his Dominic's whole narrative was like, Jay, I get it. Like, yeah. no, you don't get it, <laughs> Dominic. And now we can go to Jimmy and be like, Jimmy, I get yeah. it, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the story of this match, I've seen him got his ass handed to him for about 15 minutes. Yeah. He tries to make a comeback at one point and got hit with a great spinning heel kick from Solo Sokoa. Paul Heyman's doing <laughs> running commentary on a phone call to, to uh, the Tribal Chief, apparently. This was interesting. I didn't hear that. Like, this idea that, like, Paul Heyman, the character... Like has to prioritize his jobs and being ringside for you can't even call them the bloodline, can you? Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso isn't as important as keeping the tribal chief up to speed. I think he's a really nice character. Well, I watch the show, Paul. Yeah, it's going to knob out on the island of Redlands. That's why he's busy windmilling, isn't he? That's it. Uh, and then it looks like John's going to make a comeback. He hits. Jimmy with an attitude adjustment out of nowhere, um, and he goes to the corner and they do the classic thing of just as he's about to th- out there, Sokoa cuts cuts off Cena, uh, and Knight's even more like mm-hmm. tag me in. Banzai drop in the corner. Cena kicks out at two, um, and he goes for it again. Cena gets his legs up, finally makes it to the corner. In comes L A Knight, and I, I I don't think I've ever heard this before. Not only does he come in and get a huge reaction to the hot tag, every movie hits. There's a yeah, yeah from the crowd. It's great. Great. And then he got cut off by a super kick. Uso comes off the top for a big splash, but he misses it. LA Knight hits his big elbow drop. Sokoa comes in to break things up. Cena hits a crossbody off the top rope. Oh, my God. Uso does manage to hit an Uso splash on Cena. They're all down. Cena gets up, AA on Sokoa, but before he can do that, he gets super kicked by Jimmy Uso. Knight. <sighs> Jimmy Uso goes up top, and LA Knight, all or nothing this. Mm-hmm. He's balls it up before. This is the spot. This is the one. Jumps from in the ring to the top rope, hits a superplex on Jimmy Uso. Sokoa gets knocked out of the ring. Five knuckle shuffle from John Cena, and then. Jimmy Uso stumbles around into the blunt force trauma. One, two, three. And just when you thought my cock couldn't come off anymore, <laughs> John Cena goes to raise his hand. And LA Knight goes, no! Oh, no. Don't turn heel, please. He says, I acknowledge you. And he raises John Cena's hand. 
and everything's right in the world. This was the moment I said, I think this might be one of my favourite shows of the year. It's not the best. Objectively, ab- absolutely, I agree. It's not the best. But I was having so much fun. Mm. There was not a dull moment on this show at this point. Right, yeah. Actually, then, I don't know. There was, there was not a dull moment on this show. I really enjoyed the main event. We'll get to that. It's hard to have a dull moment when you've only got like five, six matches as well. Isn't exactly, it? so yeah. That's great about it. Yeah, quality, not quantity. I um, I would have booked every single bit of this. I would have done it in half the time and I would have put it on first. Mm. That's my assessment. Some of this was, it was too long and too boring. It was, I'm sorry. Like, LA Knight is no less over for it being too long and too boring, but it still was. Like, John Cena is, me and Sid were talking about Cena over the desk this morning. And I think I've figured out what the problem is with John Cena's work. So he has gone off to Hollywood and he's quite quite regarded for his acting, isn't he? And I think he must have learned acting techniques and real, like, it's a craft. Like, everything, it's a craft, right? And he's learned to try and become a master of this new craft. And I think the problem in John Cena now is that, like, he is now thinking that if he applies his acting chops to this work, he is going to learn how to play John Cena for the first time. When all along, what people wanted was the big dumb bastard himself. Uh, so you're seeing like this kind of there's something different. Like it's almost like he's thinking, what would, what would John Cena do in this? My motivation. Like, it's like it's not method, mate. It's you. <laughs> like, that's actually what you are, you mad freak. Like, and I think that's where there's been a slight dilution okay. of John Cena's like performance quality and, and his level, maybe. Or maybe he's trying to do that on purpose to dial himself down for the benefit of elevating those around him. And that's a noble, mm. a noble thing, but a noble failure, I would say. So I wish I could have cut the length down, and I wish I could have put it on first, because there was simply no topping the opening match. And it's Jimmy and Jay, so you are supposed to make comparisons here. You're supposed to be seeing the two different journeys they're taking, because, of course, WrestleMania is going to bring them back together, right? So it's not even me just being picky here. Mm-hmm. It's And, again, I would have booked it, because it's hot, and it, the timing is right, and SmackDown's got Roman coming back on Friday, and he's just going to respond to a Jimmy loss. Wait a second. Like, Roman, Triple H, and pretty deadly. <laughs> right. I'd the like, big three, baby. <laughs> like, I would have absolutely done this now. The timing was right. The match was right. The fact that, like, last month, a LA Knight Miz match hid in plain sight to create the LA Knight John Cena relationship and the arms raising and all that to give you that payoff that was so satisfying at the Let end. They first. are absolutely planning and they are plotting and they are booking. And it is great because this is what you want out of your pro wrestling. There were ways to make this better than it was. Disagree, this was perfect. Okay. Uh, right. That's all right. And they're like, mm, disagree. <laughs> we just all agree. Yeah, I keep <laughs> uh, Judgment Day are backstage licking their wounds, and Damien Priest, like, don't worry. Mm-hmm. The last man standing match, I'm going to be going out there and cashing and becoming world heavyweight champion. But Rhea Ripley says, no, you're too banged up. I'm not going to let you. Give me the briefcase so you can't even be tempted. Right. Let's Love talk- this development. Yeah, let's talk about this now because ultimately it doesn't play into the main event. I still thought it would play into the main event. I did right? too. And I thought like, so now they're going to play it off the fact that he's got what he wanted, but he's had to disobey the boss. He's also got another briefcase, the actual briefcase. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. the briefcase that Finn um, gave him. But he's like, he's basically disobeyed the boss. At this point, we've established that Rhea Ripley, after the, after all the time where the Judgment Day said we have no leader, <laughs> like they're now, because of like the choppier waters, they, they right, Rhea Ripley has assumed that role. Yes. And she did say, didn't she? she when she's like, I go away for a few weeks after Nijax put me out and everything goes to bloody hell. I need to get a handle on this. So that's why we've kind of been instructed to now take her word as the law. But that put that over even more. He didn't cash in. He has accepted the word of the tribal chief, Rhea Ripley. <laughs> so this completely transforms the dynamic now. Like we yes. go into Raw, not thinking, do it now, Damien, do it now. It's like, give him the fucking case, Rhea. 
Like, that is a, a new wrinkle to all of this. And what if he does? He could do it tonight. There's a complete argument. It's Seth Rollins is not going to have recovered much from this. Yeah, like, what if the... Remember that cash-in? And it's really frustrating to watch when Carmella's like, no, now, ref. I think it's Mike Kyoda. Like, oh, God. Now, yeah. now. I mean, Charlotte's down. I want to cash in right now. Imagine they replicate that, but it's with, like, teammates. Like, Rhea's like, I, I don't think it's... Damien, man, you're not right. Your leg's not... Like, you're not even going to make it to the ring. Mommy's down! What if... Right, I'm booking this now, because... It's preposterous. What if he goes to cash in? Like, no, you can't have it. And Dominic Mysterio tries to do the Brock Lesnar hoy thing, and it sends it about five yards. <laughs> he just goes, "I'll oh, just pick it up." Then. Right. Or Rhea gives it to Dominic. His possession is apparently nine tenths of the law now. <laughs> like the <laughs> please God no. Yeah. Um, right before this main event, we see uh, the Indiana Hoosiers football teams oh, here, including Declan McMahon. No! 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 Let's move on. Thanks, WWE. I'm having a brilliant time. You've introduced me to the worst person I would ever want to meet ever. Thanks. Main event time, World Heavyweight Championship on the line. Seth freaking Fast lane. Rollins. Versus Shinsuke Nakamura in that white gear. Right, I do, Jesus Christ, that was amazing. But I really wish he took the thing off and there was like a white thing. I was like, I was ready. I was like, my, my body is ready, Shinsuke. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lying here exposed. Away. I am just a man wanting to see that uh, jacket reveal a white thing. And he didn't, but that's all right. Yeah. I, th- I was thinking it was going to be like, like potentially blood-soaked, or as it turned out, mist-soaked, if it had been white. I, j- I really like this version of Shinsuke Nakamura a lot more. I, like, I went into this match going... I tweeted what I tweeted, being like, eh, well, the main event's going to have to happen. Unless, <laughs> if there's no cash in now after seeing that. Uh, but I really, it, it completely exceeded my expectations, this match. And I really enjoyed it. And I thought they worked really hard to get here, especially because they're working against preconceived notions of actually Skane Nakamura, basically. He does the cat and mouse stuff early on, of course, because he's just trying to wind up Seth. He's losing my mind here. Uh... Nakamura sent him into the ring apron and gets some nunchucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura got nunchucks. He does. He sure does. I did have fun with a tweet that says uh, that said nunchucks is, is an anagram of CM Punk. It's another tease, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the people are like, no, it's not. Brilliant. <laughs> Again, as well, just on that, like WWE challenge. Don't introduce a weapon if you can't use a weapon properly. This like we don't need another era of Triple H putting his hand over the top of the sledge. <laughs> yeah, you swing a you nunchuck in someone's face. You know, perfect to strangle him with. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, Seth gets trapped in a garbage can. He gets nailed with kendo stick shots whilst he's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets set up in the corner against the table. Nakamura comes flying across and just sort of half breaks the table because Seth moves. Uh, Seth hits him with a stomp, but Shinsuke can recover by the count of eight. Uh, I like the fact there was there was still a, too many ten counts in this match, mm. but they weren't like, oh, is it a suplex? Yeah, like they were all like, oh, I mean, it's not going to fit. That's not the finish, but mm. I buy that the referee'd be like, oh, I better count there. The rules are the rules, and he's mm. down. Yeah, they brawl into the stands, um, and they sort of fight on these steps. And there's a stage below, and I'm thinking it's going to be the the Edge Matt Hardy pyro. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, what actually happened? And I was pleasantly surprised, weirdly, by this. Is Seth take this bump? It's not that far, because mm-hmm. I've been watching Darby Allen take preposterous bumps for months now. Yeah. But the way he sold, because he just, it went, the way he sold it, I was like, there's no give in that. 
it's all, if he's got a back problem, that's not going to help. Yeah, it's all about how that is um, like presented as well, isn't it? Like the it was safe, it was really yeah. safe. But you remember like the Triple H choke slam from the Undertaker, where it's like that's the greatest spot I've ever seen, and then one replay too many shows you him falling onto a lovely, comfy mattress. Yes, they didn't give you that. So it's like he's, that's he's knackered. Yeah, he's absolutely finished. I was like, oh, oh I'm into that now. Yeah. Um, Rollins tries to come back with a uh, with a pedigree to Nakamura on the exposed concrete, concrete, but he gets back body dropped on there. His back sucks right <laughs> now. Uh, he just again recovers before the count of ten, and there's a. Bit, I think it was just this the bit where it was either here or maybe after the the table spot where I was like, Shinsuke Nakamura looks maniacal here. Mm. Like, he just got a chair and was just like, I'm just going to wear this out yeah, on you. That was great. That was the best bit of the match. Um, but Seth comes back hitting a pedigree inside the ring, and he's just like, it, they tried the spot earlier, but Nakamura just ran away, effectively. There's the commentator's table. He's got a ladder set up, and Cole's there going, what the f*** are you doing, Seth? <laughs> You're going to die. And he climbs up, but Nakamura's climbed up the other side. They get to the top, and Nakamura mists him, shoves him off, and he explodes the table. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely thought, oh, my God. He's, he's going to win the world title. Yeah. Just, just. Rollins gets up at the count of 9.9. And then Nakamura hits him with a Kinshasa through the table. Again, they do the, they do the spot that they do in every Last Man Standing match, where... Not really standing, it's more rolling to the outside to your feet, which you're in an upright position, but you're not standing. And the moment you try and put any weight on that, you just immediately collapse. I did love, though, that, like, because I'm with you, by the way, this is, I want to give credit to this match for one thing and one thing only, is that, like, I did find myself going, when's he going to get up? Nakamura can't win. When's Seth going to, he's not getting up. Yeah. And I thought that was quite impressive. And the way that the table had to fold on Seth, all that was left were, like, his legs flailed on the ground. It was like, and he's just survived. He's done. Yeah. How how's how is he going to get out of this one? Like I did genuinely feel that a couple of times, and that's to their immense credit. And Shinsuke Nakamura has just got this red dripping off his face. He's covered in sweat. He's just shouting in Japanese. I thought this is some of the best he's looked in years yeah. in WWE. They brawl out again to the stage area. Rollins manages to come back uh, as they're fighting on this weird platform with a stomp. Falcon Arrow through this huge table setup that they got, uh, and Nakamura is getting up. He's going to make it. But his back gives out mm-hmm. in a wonderful story that they told. Rollins just gets up and then sort of collapses back down onto the table. He breaks the count. He retains the World Heavyweight Championship and he celebrates with the crowd to close out the show. Yeah. Um, way better than the payback match, obviously. Oh, yeah. The memories of this feud will be the bits that were good and this match rather than all the stuff that wasn't and the first match. So it's kind of like it's tied in a nice little bow for the two of them, I suppose. Uh, I feel like I say this every week, at least once a week. My thing, you know, when Sidgwick says, like, he just has that, like, if unless he gets, like, that just bleed or the various different, yeah. like, sort of gradients of emotion, whatever, I cannot get up for a plunder match. I, I'm, I'm, I am spent. Yeah, like, I understand that. A minimum of one a week. And, and, you know, I know we talk about, like, consuming a lot of wrestling, but it's just... WWE and AW, like I get so little time, like considering how much I like Mountain Dew, basically in wrestling terms, I do spend my life pretty much glugging Coke and Pepsi. There's not <laughs> a lot of time of veer from the, the market leader and the challenger brand, right? And yet within the, every single week of their TV output or pay-per-views or premium live events, there's kendo sticks, there's tables, there's yeah, chairs. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of it and you dress it up with a different title. In a way, I'd like Texas Death with mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. thingy 
Ricky Starks and Brian Danison. It's just it's it's everywhere, and I cannot get into That's it. That's fair. And I, like, but I, this was, in that sense, this was the best possible version of itself for a match that subjectively I kind of like really struggled to connect with on a few that I thought had gone to the dogs. Like it had been easily the weakest thing on Raw. Mm. Easily the weakest thing. Um, they kind of came good on the night, unexpectedly. So Seth's backstory, not his character backstory, his, <laughs> the story around his back is is really good at this point and it's really believable for like the next person who I believe will be Ricochet. Um, of course, yeah. Because he is selling an injury and so is Seth. But Ricochet will do the, mate, I'm just better than you because I can work through these injuries. I think that's where that goes. Love that. Like, I think that's why they've, like, presented him as an injured guy because, like, you must see a bit of yourself in me, but I'm younger and I'm stronger and I'm fitter and I'm faster and I can fly higher. What chance have you got? And I think that's this little mini story that they can tell. And it probably goes Saudi Arabia, and Ricochet is really well in title matches in Saudi Arabia, so that'll be <laughs> um, So this was enough. This yeah. was, I didn't love it, but it was enough. I had a great time watching this show, as I said. It was a very well-worn pay-per-view. I'm not going to sit here and say it was one of the best pay-per-views premium live events of the year, but it was a very, very well-worn pay-per-view and certainly one I'm going to go back and watch at another date. And I'm excited. It wasn't backlash goaded, but what is? Yeah. I'm going to certainly uh, be fascinated to see how this spills over into Monaral tonight, which we will preview a little bit later on today, as well as that. Me and Sid are going to uh, review AW Collision in a bit. Uh, but let us know your thoughts on Fastlane. <laughs> At what culture WWE on X? Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at mm, Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. <laughs> follow us all at what culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from, the Daily Wrestling Podcast, and go and subscribe to the What Culture Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. Big stuff coming there later on this week. But for now, this has been the Fast Lane Review. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.